When it comes to increasing regulations of New York streams, the environmental community has taken up the mantra that if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And that's exactly what they did this legislative session with a bill designed to shore up state protections for certain streams after similar legislation was vetoed twice before, including once by Governor Hochul. For more on the issue, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Jeremy Cherson, Senior Manager of Government Affairs for Riverkeeper. Welcome back to the show, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. Well, before we get into the definition of insanity and how that pertains to this legislative effort, let's talk about the need for additional state regulations of New York streams. What is the void this bill is trying to fill? Well, there's always been a question around the Clean Water Act and its overall reach into the places you know beyond the, just the main body of the Hudson River, the main coastlines of Long Island Sound and all of our you know, lakes. You know, we know that these clean water laws are intended to protect those water bodies. There's always been a really uh, tricky question about how far do we go into the different geographies uh, and watersheds in order to make sure that all the water that flows from small, uh, small streams, intermittent streams, uh, remains clean and clear all the way down to those larger bodies of water. Because we know that, you know, a lot of our problems with pollution now are no longer just, you know, one facility such as, you know, General Motors down in Terrytown back in the day, you know, used to be able to tell the color of cars they were painting because you could just look at the water. You know, that's not so much the type of pollution we deal with these days. It's death by a thousand cuts. And so that's really the void that this legislation is trying to fill. Well, what are the specific types of bodies of water that would be covered by this legislation? Sure. So the DEC has a little known regulatory program called the Protection of Waters Program. And what that does is it classifies streams from, uh, according to their their best usage. And so they rank them on a, on a double A down to D scale. And a double A ranked watershed water body would be a water body that is uh, used primarily for drinking water, bathing, fishing, uh, same with an A stream. Um, and then B streams would be primary contact, swimming and fishing. Um, D streams would be just kind of fishing, and then D streams are our lowest quality uh, or lowest use streams. And those might be an intermittent streams, those that only flow when it rains, those that might only flow when there's snow melt. And those, by and large, but not always, tend to be the smaller water bodies that flow into tributaries. So in the Hudson River, for example, we have the Wallkill River, the Rondout Creek, and then there are smaller tributaries that flow into those larger bodies of water. And those are usually where you find the Class C, Class D streams. And this legislation would reclassify Class C waterways as streams uh, for the purpose of the protections provided by New York State. So how would these things actually be treated differently? Class Double A and A 
B, as well as streams that, that we know have trout or trout spawning in them. If you're actively farming uh, property where these streams are on, uh, you're exempt from the program. Uh, but if you're not actively farming on these, pro uh, on these properties, you have to tell DEC uh, your plan. You have to get a permit, tell them what you're doing by the stream, and then DEC takes a look at the proposed action and either uh, grants the permit, suggests modifications, uh, or denies uh, uh, the permit uh, for, for that activity. So that could be construction, um, for example, or in many cases, you know, golf courses are a great example. Um, you know, there often golf courses will try and change the course of a water body uh, in order to create different features on the course. And unless that stream that flows through the golf course is under or regulated under this protection of waters program, they could do, the, the owner of that property uh, could do whatever they want to that stream. And that's what we aim to do with this bill to reclassify Class C streams as requiring that look by DEC. We wanna make sure that anything that is done to these streams uh, respects the integrity of the biology, the water quality of the stream, because we know that all this water flows downstream eventually into important water bodies. And we're trying to get and solve the problem of having death by a thousand cuts for our water bodies. And is there a complete lack of oversight for the bodies of water that we're talking about, which would be covered by this bill? Or are there local entities that are responsible for them, whether they're soil and water conservation districts or, or some other entity? You know, it's really, it's really quite um, a patchwork across the state. Of course, there's going to be, um, in certain areas, local ordinances, soil and water conservation districts. Uh, uh, but there's no uniform procedure across the state. And, you know, even further, there was already a question um, about the role of the Army Corps of Engineers, which is the, the, the federal agency responsible previously for a lot of these uh, smaller water bodies, but with the recent Supreme Court decision in Sackett v. EPA, you know, we're still assessing the damage from that decision, but that is really going to reduce uh, the oversight that the federal government had uh, for some of these smaller streams that the state currently doesn't reach. So a version of this bill has been vetoed before, twice actually. So in addition to the U.S. Supreme Court ruling you mentioned, which changes the environmental regulations landscape, is there anything else different about the situation in New York now which might prompt Governor Hochul to sign the bill? Or maybe has the legislation itself been altered in a way that might lead the governor to be more supportive? Yes. This, this year's version of the legislation is... Uh, different than the past two uh, versions that received a veto uh, in that we, we took a page out of what the highway department, the local highway department, uh, 
have with, uh, with the DEC, which is a memorandum of understanding uh, for their best practices and operations uh, around stream management and stream projects. So a local soil and water conservation district office, a county office, can enter into one of these MOUs with the DEC, and then they don't have to go after individual permits for each project. They get kind of a blanket permit for doing a whole host of projects within their county of operation. And for a partner as important to the environmental community as soil and water conservation districts are, you know, that, that, that's an important carve-out to make uh, to ensure that we continue to make progress for stream restoration and that farmers who, who engage with the Soil and Water Conservation District for streams on their property are able to move forward with projects without, without much, uh, much delay because we know for the most part Soil and Water Conservation Districts are doing work at, at the highest environmental standards. And what would this mean for the Department of Environmental Conservation and its oversight roles? Because it seems like this would dramatically increase the waterways that they're responsible for. So has there been a a commensurate increase in staff over at the DEC to ensure they could uh, take on those additional responsibilities? Staffing issues have have been... A problem for many years. We we've, we increased the the number of uh, staff uh, openings by t- over 230 in this year's budget, which is really an under undersold achievement uh, of the governor and legislature. But most of those positions are going to be spent implementing the Bond Act, getting projects and funding off the ground and out the door. Some of those positions are going to permitting at the the, the, the office in Albany, um, but we really see a need for increased staff at the at the district regional offices. Uh, that's really where the rubber meets the road, and so I think Riverkeeper is looking for for leadership from the governor from the agency. To, to help those regional offices staff up. And I do know it has been a, a, a challenging environment for hiring for the state agencies. There are a lot of positions open and not enough applicants filling those positions. So I think there is time uh, to staff up to implement this law, but we still have a ways to go to ensuring that all of our agencies are, are fully fully staffed. Well, then, when you think about the future implementation of this bill, if it is to become law, would you like to see the state legislature and governor put aside additional resources in the budget due next year to accommodate those regional and district needs? Given the number of times that the legislature has passed this legislation, uh, that that the governor's office should, should really take note that that this is an area that, that the legislature is going to continue working on, continue uh, being in support of. And the Senate put in their one-house budget last year, along with the policy, they put a million dollars for staff and implementation in their one-house. 
The assembly did not do the same thing. You know, they have their longstanding position around policy and the budget, and the governor's office uh, didn't include it in their executive budget. But I hope that what the Senate uh, was able to do by adding those uh, those funds into their one house was kind of open the conversation up for next year. And hopefully we can get a three-way agreement. I mean, maybe it's a million dollars, maybe it's more. We're going to need kind of an assessment from the agency to tell us uh, kind of more a, a more accurate cost. And uh, hopefully we can get those resources to the agency as well as have these new protections get on the books. Well, we've been speaking with Jeremy Cherson. He's a senior manager of government affairs for Riverkeeper. Jeremy, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Press Room is provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. UnionStrongNY.com for more information.